0: Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast.
1: We pray that Christ is at the beginning and the end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us
2: to look more like you, Jesus. Amen. So grab your favorite cup of tea and enjoy the Deep Waters Podcast. <laughs> a hot cup today.
0: <laughs> I've got uh, lemon God. zesty tea oh. today.
2: I've got peppermint, mm-hmm. my fave. What mm-hmm. do you got, Jordan? I'm here to talk about glory, not tea. <laughs> <laughs> this wow. is incredible. Well,
0: thank you everybody for being with us again today. We are continuing to talk about glory. Um, inspired by the book written by Ruth Ward Heflin glory experiencing the atmosphere of heaven and today we have the distinct privilege of chatting with jordan Soderman, our very own um, cue
2: like applause track yeah yeah hi
0: <laughs> he really deserves he, he doesn't need
2: an introduction a man with no introduction but here's our introduction yeah <laughs> he uh <coughs> works with us at riverhouse You've probably seen him uh, mixing sound and you probably haven't seen him mixing sound for the live stream. <laughs> and you've <laughs> probably also seen him lead worship if you've been with Riverhouse long enough. But Jordan Sodeman's one of the greatest treasures of the staff mm-hmm. and is the glue wow. that holds the glory together.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's definitely thank you. your very authentic heart when it comes to worship. Jordan, I'm really excited to hear your perspective on this conversation because you behold the Lord with such like childlike wonder and Mm -hmm. desire. There's no like as a worship leader, you have no trace of superiority. You just genuinely adore the face of the Lord. Wow. And um, you've spent so much time communing with him. And that's that's what all of us long for or i hope at least it's what we hope to long for and we just want to glean from some of your experience so maybe if someone hasn't met you would you just give a brief little introduction what's your role at riverhouse and what's your history with worship yeah dude
2: just <laughs> that, that, that's a brief
1: answer five, right five yeah. seconds in I'm already getting emotional just thinking about history with him i just i just <laughs> love him a lot so good um <laughs> Yeah, um I'm I'm the production manager director, whatever you want to call it around here. Um yeah, I I help facilitate uh, like cameras, audio, video, all that stuff that goes into live stream or sound on a Sunday. Me and um a lot of other beautiful people that have consistently given up their time and their faithful servanthood to to bless the church with Good sound and pretty lights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. No, for sure. Uh, yeah, just creating. Um, so yeah, that's what I do here. Um, yeah, my I like to say sometimes my my qualification to be here is just I love Jesus. Yes, I love, to, I love to worship Him, and uh, yeah, it's the the joy and the delight of my heart in worship. Just ever since I was little. Um, before I even knew him, I could look back and see when, when he would pursue me and he, he would make my heart burn before I knew who he was in, in moments of worship. And, <sighs> and over the years, as he's taught me what that looks like and taken me in that journey of worshiping, it's just, it's changed my life and transformed me as a person and as a believer. And, uh, yeah, that's me. Wow.
0: That's incredible.
1: I've been coming to Riverhouse for a long time. and i love it i love this community and i love you guys and yeah i'm just grateful to be here and yeah yeah i'm grateful to share whatever the lord breathes into this time i love just for even anybody listening like Mm -hmm. i love just talking about this stuff because i always receive revelation myself as i explore um as i know in this podcast has happened many times but Mm -hmm. uh, obviously way far beyond just this podcast but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm here to learn just as much as I am to share. So uh, I'm
2: excited to see what he does here today. It's good. Yeah, I second that too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know nothing. <laughs> We're all learners. <laughs> no, I love, I feel like even discussing this book throughout the past like six, seven episodes, whatever it's been, Um, I feel like I just learn and glean so much every time. Mm-hmm. And as a verbal processor myself, I find myself, I don't know, getting new revelation, even even just talking about his glory, you know, Um,
0: and he's been so kind to even to be with us in a really tangible way when we've been recording these podcasts. I hope that listeners have experienced that too. Mm -hmm. I trust they have in one way or another with that. I'd like to just hop right in, um, to the book, Jordan, you've been reading the book a little bit listener. If you haven't, that's okay. We're just going to ask some questions that we Will hopefully contextualize things, but the first one I would like to hear your answer to, Jordan, is how do you define glory? Like, what's your experience of glory? Oh wow,
1: yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'll be honest, that it, it it feels uh, when you first texted me a couple days ago. Benji texted me some questions, just like, "Hey, here's some things to be thinking about," and that was the that was the first one, and uh my initial reaction was like wow that's kind of like an ethereal like how do you put words to that concept and then um i just love jesus that he he uh was like and that's important to understand to have some grasp on otherwise we use this language and it just leaves people feeling kind of like oh okay we're in the clouds now and i don't really know like what to do with that totally and so i felt like i was, I was like i want to i want to know really like what that means and i feel like he shared some things that hopefully are helpful Um, but really it was, it was started off with just recognizing that like glory is the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Like everything that he is, is glory. Like his nature is glory. Um, and so I was thinking, so because praise God that he is so holy other than us, like completely entirely and yet, right. He's still intimate and close, but because it's so other, like the glory is so other because it is God, I have to understand glory as my relation to him. Hmm. Does that make sense? So like my understanding of glory is how I understand him. And so I think the way that we understand him, the way that we see him, hear him, feel him, partake in him is just manifest presence of God. And so I think that's a little bit of a roundabout way. Maybe I'm making it too complicated, but it's just simply, yeah. I, I just really think that glory is like the manifest presence of God, the father of, of Jesus, of the Holy spirit. And it's in so many ways that we see him and encounter him, uh, which I think is the glory of God. Yeah. Uh,
0: If someone isn't even really familiar with those words, or maybe doesn't have an experience to back up what the phrase, the manifest presence of God means. Um, I'm curious if you have an example in your life, what that has meant to you. Like what does it mean that God's presence might be manifested?
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um I'll give an example right. I think like you said it's uh it's quite expansive um and I think it goes beyond even what somebody who has heard that terminology, if if you're not finding yourself as like, I've never heard that before, don't tune this out. Cause I feel like it's, it's for us also. Right. Yeah. Um, but, um, I would say, yeah, if you, if you've, uh, it doesn't even need to be just like a, in a room, but say you've walked into a room and you're like, wow, it just feels peaceful in here. Here's an example. Uh, uh, my infant son is four months old. Yes. Love him. He's the best. Uh, we were praying for like the weeks leading up to his birth that it would just be a really peaceful experience like that was the word just like that there would be like the peace of heaven would be would be present in that room um and there was three separate nurses Separately from each other, not knowing who come in at different times, and they all said the same thing. They're like, "It is just really, really peaceful in here." And I was like, "Do you guys <laughs> normally say that?" <laughs> like, it's like that's crazy. And they're like, "No, this is not normal." Whoa. Um, and I just, I, I would give that as an example of like, that's the manifest presence. That it's is brilliant. like Jesus revealing Himself as peace in a place yeah. where on a, usually probably peace isn't one of like the defining traits of a childbirth. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. And I think it's just the in-breaking of anything that is good, Mm. anything that is holy and is righteous has to come from him because anything that's good comes from him. And so any time you experience something that's good, I'd say that's a manifestation of Jesus. Wow. I love that. So peace, joy, Mm -hmm. uh, conviction. Sure. Uh, Love. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, love, patience.
0: I love that you, <laughs> that's right. You just roll through the fruit of the spirit really yeah. quick. Gentleness, kindness, <laughs> mm-hmm. goodness. You uh, answered that question in a way that was, I think, so much easier for th- that just the average person to understand in a way that didn't make it sound like some really supernatural um Abnormal, extraordinary experience, which we have testimonies that we hear about like that. And this yeah. book has some of those in them totally. in there. Like, you know, gold dust rained on Praise the whole God. crowd, mm-hmm. or there was a thick cloud that filled the room. And we see that even in scripture, you know, there's yeah. like some really incredible manifestations of God's presence. And that is also true. And for you to recognize, oh, like, It's not just that this is going well in the birth room, but that God's presence is in it and he has heard our prayers and has responded by manifesting his peace. Um, Oh, I don't know. I just celebrate that. That's glory. Yeah. That's his presence that you're encountering. I don't want to get too
1: like weird on you, but also like the fact that I'm breathing right now, I'd call that the manifest presence of Jesus. (laughs) Okay. Wow! Like I said, anything that's good comes from him. Life, yeah. Like life. Every, life comes Itself. from him. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm experiencing him right now. Yeah. Like he is, he is supplying the life to my bones, into my breath.
2: You know, yeah. we're never doing a podcast without you. <laughs> you are now a mainstay.
1: <laughs>
2: I just think that's incredible, Officially. right? Because that's. Yes. It's, uh, that's so I, I think
1: why my brain goes there first is because that's that's just what is most normal. You Use the word like abnormal and. And, um, mm-hmm. uh, I've heard people use like, oh, this is weird, but God's doing this or something. And I, and I don't really love that. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not really weird because it's, it's God. So it's, it's beautiful. And I don't want that to be mm-hmm. weird or even necessarily abnormal. But what I'm saying is, is compared to me breathing, however many thousands of times a day, like, yeah. of course I would think of that first. Because this is just what is like I'm consistently experiencing over and over again. And we have these amazing stories of God breaking in, in, like I think we'll touch on later, but in a way that I don't know how to explain, but in a way that is different and might use terms like more tangible or more experiential. Or maybe it's because it's less normal that it seems more extreme. Um, in a way, so these things do happen, but I don't think it's any less... Um, I don't know if you want to use the term it's like no less value hmm. than the fact that I'm here alive right now.
0: Oh. I I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this, but if you have eyes to see God's glory in your own breath, then where won't you see him? You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm. like I celebrate that because in a worship service, if I'm really hoping to receive the gift of tongues, say, that's like a supernatural experience and a gift of the Holy spirit that comes for some people. Um, I might walk out of that room really disappointed because tongues didn't come. And mm-hmm. that is part of my story that happened for years and years and years. Sure. And like that laser focus on that specific gifting, maybe uh, unfortunately, diverted my attention from the way that God's presence was moving in that moment. And it could have been something as simple as just the way that I was breathing. If I had eyes and faith to see it. That's wild. I love that. Yeah. Where is God not present in life? Mm -hmm. It's like everything around us is a miracle.
1: Right. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely a paradigm shift to, 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 I'm trying to think of how to go about this. Uh, right. If we take if we take that definition, that offering that I, I presented of like, if, if the glory is like the manifestation of Jesus's presence, the Holy Spirit's presence of the Father's mm-hmm. presence, then the fact that he has given me himself, the spirit of God, he's actually like done away with the old and he's actually given me himself. He's inside of me. And he actually says like, I'm with him. So I am in him and he is in me. That means like there is always glory presiding inside of me, coming out of me and available like within and through me.
2: Wow. Right. I love that. I just love how we've defined glory in the setting already. Like in regards to the book, it feels just a lot less scary. Like I'm reading the glory section. I'm like, this is weird. This is like, you know, so extraordinary. And while I think it's almost as if Ruth honed honed in on a certain aspect of God's glory. Hmm. And it's kind of the supernatural, the tangible, the what we would say out of the ordinary. Sure. But I don't know, I feel like Jordan, you just helped to kind of zoom out of like, no, this is like the presence of God is so much more than just a cloud showing up. And sure. and while our pursuit is always christ you know first and foremost and whatever happens from a pure desire of christ is is god you know mm-hmm. and it can break all of our boxes like i just think i don't know I really like i like where this is kind of setting up as just kind of a more zoomed out view of glory
1: yeah i think that's good i think it's uh i think it's partially important because i think it actually helps set a foundation for when you come across if you're going to use language like this book she talks about things that feel weird and out there and I don't know what to do with that um i think that this understanding of 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 just like yeah i mean it's, it's fairly simple like just like yeah like jesus is inside of me mm-hmm. <hmm. and, and like he and like the, what that means is just a, astounding, but it but it lays like this foundation of oh wow okay then I don't need to be scared or compare to this book and what she's experiencing. So I think I I, I made a note which wasn't even even a question, but I as I've been reading this book in this section, um, f- whether this is for somebody who's reading it and struggling or listening or whatever it is, but I really felt to share. Um, she's, I wrote down this quote from page 18. It says, I'm not going to be among the critics or the murmurers. And I just really felt my heart turn to a little bit of like a soft way towards this book after reading that. And then it was essentially like, if, if my default as I'm reading, and even as I, beyond this book, as I hear about maybe wild or weird to me experiences that other people have had with Jesus, and my default is to approach it with childlikeness, to approach it with like what of Jesus is there in this Mm -hmm. that I can learn and glean from and grow from as uncomfortable as it might make me? uh, I'm going to walk away having learned so much more than if I'm approaching it with the default of like, what am I not going to like about this? What's going to challenge me and rub me wrong? Because I think even that's, this is a huge part of my journey in in worship in general has been uh, to approach it with like, I just want to learn, mm-hmm. Lord. I, I want to, I want to know how to love you well. I want to know like how to how to worship you well. Uh and that's going to like that's going to take me recognizing that like I might be thinking about something wrong. I might be like not actually like interpreting this right way. I might not be worshiping actually like in the the best way that I might like the Holy Spirit might be like actually teaching me how to um just approaching it with the humility that says like okay, if I'm going to learn something And this, this goes to like everything. If if there's something for me to encounter, if there's a space for me to encounter the more of God in whatever extent it is, whether it's glory, if it's to this book, if it's glory, if it's in worship, if it's in praise, it necessitates me being like primarily humble because it says there's something that I don't know yet. There's Mm -hmm. something that I haven't experienced of God yet. There's part of him that I haven't seen yet. And if I approach it with anything less than humility, I'll be like, you know, what? actually, like, I've already seen enough. I've already gotten enough. I've already, like, I've seen that side. I get how that works. And it's going to restrict how much the Lord wants to, I think, reveal himself to me or like, or how much I will receive of what he is revealing. I don't know. Maybe that's wow. a little tangent, but uh, no, I think,
0: yeah. think that's excellent. And it actually hits on a lot of what I talked about with AJ last week. Mm. It reminds me of, I think some of the things we said was, um, how, when you approach something that's outside of your experience, yeah, maybe you hear a testimony and you're like, I've never experienced that. One of my defaults that I've experienced personally is to say, wow, that probably didn't happen just like that. Sure. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're exaggerating. Sure. Or let me justify, like you thought that that happened, but in reality, like you weren't healed or like you didn't see this or you didn't hear that. You're just telling yourself you did and believing it because I want to like, I I think maybe there could be a little bit of insecurity inside of myself. I haven't experienced that. So how could it be true for somebody else? Sure. Yeah. There's some comparison, some disappointment, like, yeah. dang God, if you did that to someone else, then how come you haven't done that to me? Mm-hmm. Like, is there inadequacy? And so I love that, that you landed in a similar place that we landed in last week, which is I want to take that heart posture of learner, yeah, of childlike faith and celebrate what God is doing in someone else's story, even if it looks dramatically different from my own. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean that I'm missing it or that they're missing it. It doesn't even mean that like that person is further along in some journey and I'm like behind them. Like right. we're quantifying our our spiritual growth. Um, maybe God is just moving in different ways and we have one another to learn from about God. It's, yeah, We're all the image of God, right? And we're revealing the glory of God to one another. Yeah.
2: I think just something to add there about last week, you guys talked about kind of the soup we live in is this postmodern world, mm. post reformation and enlightenment and all this stuff, not reformation enlightenment is what it was going for. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but I think don't be discouraged and I'm telling myself this when I feel like I have to make this effort to choose, you know, faith and not logic because we are wired from birth in our society to be trying to fit God into some logical mold into some, his love into a logical mold, his glory into a a logical mold. And that's just not how he is. He's so much bigger and doesn't, isn't there's no box. Like we, we try to put Him in a box and God's like, what box, you know? (laughs) And, uh, that's just for me, like know that it takes effort and intention Hmm. to choose that. And I think that's actually a really beautiful thing and a beautiful practice to just kind of realize that like, this is, it's okay that I, once again, am butting up on this because yeah, it's, ju- it's not your fault. You were born into a this Western society that's mm. very scientifically minded.
0: That's good. So you can expect a little bit of a rub there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's okay. That yeah. doesn't mean something's wrong with you. I think for a long time, I was like really ashamed that I always struggled mm. with that. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, no, like I, it's okay it's like it's i I kind of expect to hit that now but then choose faith and choose just Mm. to be like wow god i didn't know you did that (laughs) that's like how cool is that you know
0: I have another question I'd like to ask you, and this is a little bit off script, but I think it'll take us back. Um, A lot of what Ruth Ward Heflin says is it it feels like there's a roadmap um, because we're trying to achieve a certain thing. Like there's a goal of praise and it's to get to worship. And the goal of worship is to behold God's glory and then to stand in it. And then she talks about Seeing the face of Jesus and that giving us revelation of knowledge and perspective on the world. And honestly, it's beautiful and It's opening my mind to what praise and worship might look like Mm. And I'm wondering if It's at all limiting what the goal or purpose of worship is um, and I don't know, maybe I'm off base, but I'm curious just to ask you, what's the purpose of worship? <laughs> like, can we just open that yeah. like really basic question?
1: Yeah, dude. Great question. Um, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll maybe I'll just, yeah, spitball some thoughts um, as just like what worship is, and then we can, if you want to tie it back to the book. Um, great. I, I can kind of go there, but um. Yeah, you know, I've always tried to come up with some kind of one-liner when people have asked this over the years, and I've heard like a lot of different one-liners that all really sound good. So I'm not gonna try. There's a lot of really cool ones you can look up and great <laughs> theologians and books and worship leaders and all the stuff that. But I, I, I guess just for today, the word that came to mind is is communion. Mm. Like, is really communing. Uh with God. It is fulfilling like the, the base aspect as to why I was created. Um, and that's, that's like at a a foundational level, what it is, I think our expressions and the journeys that we go on, um, are the product of uh, the grace of God revealing like what he wants to do in a group of people or in the church or in the earth at a time. And that's why he takes us into certain things, or maybe it's sometimes a reaction to what we grew up in and saw failure as, or I saw like a, a, a lack, I should say in something. Um, and once again, maybe this is getting off script, but, but this is just what comes to mind is Um, my, my journey with worship, um, growing up, I grew up in a a Baptist church, praise God. And it was large, big, huge, like production value was a, was a, was a, I don't know, a goal celebrated. Um, and that was definitely like my, and all that that led to along with culture, just kind of led to this really consumption consumer minded worship service where it was about if it was the songs that I liked, if it looked good and sounded good, then like, that was a good worship sir, like worship time or whatever it was. Um, and then, um, I don't know when it was, it was after I accepted the job here. Um, and we were starting river house and I was leading worship and I heard somebody use the term. It wasn't any of these mainstream people that we know or talk about, I don't remember where it was, but I heard the term ministry to the Lord. Um, and i had never heard that before. Huh. And I never heard anybody using that term. This was, this is like, re- we, we know that now because we use that terminology, but like it was real, like I had never heard it before. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of, you know, in this worship world and it was the first time I had heard it. Um, and something like burned in my heart when wow. i heard that and i didn't even know what it meant i had no idea what it meant there's like a lot of us have been on this journey of understanding that and at first usually starts with confusion or like what what does that mean yeah. um and it, yeah and and led me on to this journey of understanding worship um particular to my context of eradicating this consumeristic worship where it became all about this is actually for Jesus, and because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no room for like, this is for me in, in, in this process that I'm on at, at that point, right? Yeah. Um, and it had to become ruthless with production, and performance, and, uh, Mm -hmm. comparison, and looking, and sounding a certain way. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but, uh, when we started worship here, uh, or started like a worship team or started like intentionality into like, what is the worship culture of this church? Um, I was praying into it and I asked the Lord what he wanted it to be. Um, and one of the things he shared with me was he asked me for the first, uh, six months of, of leading worship to, um, not have any kind of full band, just an acoustic guitar and just a vocalist. and it, it might not seem like a big deal, but for me it was like, Hey, we're starting a church. I like, I want this to be like, cool. And big. I've got a bunch of like yeah. musician friends in the area who we've all played and worshiped with together. It'll be su- And it's not even just like for only production. It was like, also just like Jesus, we want to like bring you a, a desirable offer whatever we were thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but he told me, he's like, I want to teach a church to worship quote unquote with nothing because the church that knows how to how to worship with nothing, without all the frills and lights and sounds and wow. all this stuff, um, will know how to worship with that when it comes. And uh, that was very much like a journey internally also, where it was, oh, this worship thing really isn't about me. It's not about what I'm getting out of it. Even like I would think I would attribute value to a worship set then, which said like, if I experienced God's love, or I experienced his peace or his grace, or I cried underneath like feeling God. Um, It was, I was interpreting it through the lens of like, what was I interpreting and understanding and getting from this? Um, And then as a worship leader, it was actually like, it was um, thinking of it like, oh, if these people encountered God, If they saw him, if they experienced peace or joy, Mm -hmm. or if everybody was super excited and lifting their hands, like obviously God was doing something and and maybe there is truth to to some level of that. Um, but he was doing, putting me on this journey of really ridding it from that's not the priority. Like the, the primary purpose is like, is loving him, is honoring him, is worshiping him, is praising him, is glorifying, magnifying, exalting him, um, and then due to no, this is so beautiful, due to no obligation that he has, it's his joy to descend, his his joy to indwell, to fill, to breathe, uh, these things that we would hope to get the life, love, peace, joy, all all these things anyway. So yeah, that's, that's Stunning, I, like yeah. worship is, is communing with him. And then it's also like understanding in relation to like the journey that we're on. Mm -hmm. which in this case, and I feel like for a lot of us in our church in what he's done in us is learning what it looks like to shift the focus off of us, off of me to him. Wow. Yeah.
0: As you were saying that, it reminded me, like I could see it in my mind's eye of a time at the Hill City location, our old location, maybe 2018, 2019, you were leading us in a song i had never heard before where the lyrics went. To the Lord, you don't have to come, but you always do. Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And delighting (laughs) in, (laughs) like, Uh, God has no obligation to be with us. And we're going to pour our hearts out on him because he's deserving of that. Yeah. He's deserving of our alabaster jar, not because we want something. This isn't a transaction. Yeah. But because we want him to feel loved. And a byproduct of that because he's so good is that he then loves on us and we experience it in one way or another, maybe. Yeah. But that's not the point. It's to like receive, it's to give. That's not like the the
1: priority. Right. It's beautiful. It's still like something I look forward to with great anticipation. Totally. Enjoy, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm glad you flushed that out. It's even interesting to hear you say as a worship leader, like as a worshiper, maybe you're, one of your hopes is what am I feeling? How am I connecting to this church? Um, I hear a lot of people, especially when they're church hopping, say that I have said that like, Oh, it was a really good church, but I just, I didn't quite connect with the style of worship or the style of music. It's like a, it's a music preference thing or, um, it felt inauthentic or yada, yada. But, um, So I think probably most people who are listening can relate to that. But it's cool hearing from you as a worship leader saying, as a worship leader, now I'm trying to judge how well this room is connecting with God and whether we're like catching it or not, whether this is working. Um, And I'm curious for you to just hash out that tension a little bit more. Like, what does it look like for a worship set to succeed as a worship leader or not to succeed? Um, are those even categories that we should be creating? (laughs) That's a great
1: question. Yeah, that's a great question. I love talking about this. Uh, (laughs) um, when I was leading, um, I think ask anybody who was on the worship team at that point and, uh, a consistent after every <laughs> at that point it was three services a day so three times a sunday we would go back after the worship set and we would uh we would kneel before the lord and we would say like lord uh the um the value of what just happened in that room i.e like that that time of worship that we just had um do not allow us to Attribute the value to that based upon how I felt about it how it looked how it sounded um but rather uh Your eyes of affection and love and gratitude that you look down when we worship you um, and I think the beauty is Is that when we give our all and give ourselves to him? um however However, quote unquote, on the mark, I hit along with like maybe what he was doing in the room or whatever it is. It's like he's still pleased and he is so grateful and he loves us so much as a result. And so I'm actually like always if, if, if I know going into if we're speaking from the perspective of a worship leader, if I'm going into a set knowing like I'm actually coming from this perspective of he's already pleased and well pleased with me. Um, I don't have to like earn something. I don't have to figure out the right way to do it. Um, I just get to like joyfully and willingly submit to, um, a couple things. One is like the, the movement of like Holy spirit loves to glorify Jesus. It's what he loves to do. So I'm actually, it's not up to me to come up with, uh, a worship set that like takes it on the right flow. I was actually just talking with AJ about this a few hours ago. Um, it, creating a worship set used to look like, I'll take the progression. It was, uh, find songs, just four songs, Mm -hmm. sure, whatever that are worship songs. Okay. And then it went to find some songs that are like thematically connected with each other. And then it was like, find some songs that are thematically connected to each other and connected with like what Jordan's going to be preaching on, on Sunday. And then it was actually, uh, Hey, Holy spirit, what are you like doing in the room? Wow. And then what are some songs that kind of connect with that? And then it kind of went to some hybrid between that and then just like, Lord, what are you doing in the room? And how do we, um, seeing what you're doing, play what you're doing. Um, and then it's, it's sort of like morphed over time from some, some part of that, but then almost like, uh, like me as a person, I think because it's the Holy Spirit inside of me, once again, it's the glory of God inside of me that I actually can't worship him without him. So it's him breathing this and bringing this in. But it's no longer like, uh, I don't have to have this clear understanding of what he's doing in a room before I can go effectively lead worship. I just get to go and say like, Oh my goodness, I love you, Jesus. Mm. I adore you. I am so grateful. And through that, I, which is part of what I love about some aspect of this uh quote-unquote formula that she gives us, yeah. is it's going entering in through thanksgiving and praise and then into worship. Um like I I don't have to have something to like fall back on if like if I don't know how to lead. Like like he's he's coming out of me in that instance. Wow. I'm just like expressing love, adoration. And then he always leads in that time. Mm -hmm. And whether it's through a song or through silence or through music or through whatever.
0: I want to ask you, because I think what I'm hearing you say is that there's a lot of possibilities for the way that a worship set can go. And you can't really go wrong. I think when your heart is open to the Lord and you're just like lavishing your love on him, trying to come in alignment with what the Holy spirit's doing in the room, like those various worship sets that you just laid out could look really different. Totally. And Uh, it's not that like one is necessarily the better route than another. Is that what you were saying?
1: I think you get to a place, um, as far as like from, from leading where, um, when you go there yourself like i'm like my once again my like my priority isn't to lead people that's a huge part of it that that's what it what a joy and an honor to do that but that's not the priority the priority is primarily ministering to his heart first is like myself going there and when i do that and when i would do that i, I can tell so many stories of this when i would allow myself to go there and engage at a, at a deep level there would be that's where i would like start to hear whispers and there would be like like like, oh, there's this revelation of Jesus. There's this aspect of who he is. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Oh, is that what you're doing here right now? Like, do you do you want to show the church that part of you right now? And um and sometimes it'd be like, No, that's just for you. Like worship from that. And sometimes it'd be like, Yeah, let's go there. Wow. Um, and then and then this is this is the great part for for worship leaders out there. Um, let me just encourage you that, that when that happens, when you go there yourself. And you encounter something and you feel like this is to share and to bring people into the the great question to ask then is how like lord how do you want me to take the church Mm. there because there is so much intentionality in god's heart to 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 lead his church especially the people who feel like they don't know how to get there and do it like there's just so much compassion and kindness in his heart (laughs) to to lead his church um he's never like trying to do something crazy wild beautiful and leave people in the dust like he's the one who leaves the 99 to find the one. Amen. And so, like if you side, like if if you if you find yourself uncomfortable on the fringes during a worship set because you feel like everybody else is getting it and you're just standing on the outside, oh, just know that Jesus is like he's running at you, mm-hmm. like you're the one on the side that like he's he's chasing after, and there's just compassion and kindness in his heart towards you. But as a leader, um, the great question to ask is how how do I invite? There would be times um, where it would happen. And I would feel just an example. Like I would feel the great, like joy. I would just feel so much joy welling up inside of me as we were celebrating and praising him. And sometimes even in, in, as we would worship in intimate places, I would just find this like rejoicing in my heart. Um, and then I would say like, Lord, do you want to bring joy into the room? And then rather than just be like, all right, now let's go to an upbeat song and think of some kind of or what's a scripture verse that has the word joy in it or, or a song that says joy totally. like i would be like hey now lord how do you want to bring this joy and i remember it oftentimes it would be through an avenue that like i didn't know how it connected so it would be like uh bring it I want to bring my joy through peace and i would just hear that whisper and i'd be like oh shoot i don't know what that means <laughs> and it's just like huh. it's just like if he whispered to that you're with you right now you'd be like okay i don't know how to do that what what does that mean But always there would be some some prompting in my spirit of something to do, some kind of, whether it was singing a line, playing musically something, uh, stopping playing and being silent, reading a scripture verse, dancing, uh, whatever it is. Um, I love, I feel like the Lord, he creates a bridge between when you've worshiped and he's revealing something. And if you want to lead a congregation into it, he'll show you the bridge and how to do it. And oftentimes it looks like risk. Oftentimes it looks like uncomfortability. It looks like stepping out into something that's like, Ooh, I'm going to start singing about peace, even though like probably not only me, other people are feeling joy. And usually we don't like necessarily associate the two super closely together. But Mm -hmm. if this is the bridge that you're doing, and so many times it would just like, it would, uh, one quick example. There was a, a, a winter retreat we did. And I think there's probably like 50 people there. I don't know when this was 2018. And, um, and I heard the Lord, um, share with me. He's like, I want, I want to bring joy. And this was one of those times. And I said, how do you want to do it? And he asked me to have, um, sorry, this wasn't, Super clear, like audible. I just felt really prompted to have everybody in the room turn and look at each other, and we were going to worship to the next song while all like staring in each other's eyes. Well. Um, <laughs> which is weird, like that's I don't <laughs> know how that sounds. Like, if you're like, oh, cool, like it, it wasn't cool, it's a huge risk <laughs> like, like, for you to lead the it's room just uncomfortable that. and feels weird. Oftentimes, as these do, like the story looking back, it's like, oh, that's cool in the moment. Rarely did it feel cool. It just is uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, we all looked at it. <laughs> and I remember that we got through that song. And at the end of it, one of my probably favorite times ever of like, there was some level of manifestation of the presence of Jesus in so much joy in that room, we celebrated and danced and laughed and hoot and hollered for like half an hour after that. <laughs> and I just love it. Wow. Yeah. That so if you're leading, so like faithful. he wants to create a bridge. Yeah. If you're looking for what he's doing, he'll show you how always does.
2: I, I love that you just touch on like, he's not going to leave people behind, you know, he's faithful yeah. to show up. He's faithful to guide us. And so mm. somewhere where this has, I think even what you're talking on before, like, you know, just starting with Thanksgiving and praise, like Ruth Ward Heflin talks about, it's like we've, we've mentioned before in podcasts, like, and we've kind of discussed this formula or not formula thing. But like, I think what you're dialing in, is like, it's just so simple and the Holy spirit's going to lead us cause he's faithful mm. and that and he's, he wants to not leave people behind and not leave you behind. And mm. that just brings a lot of peace, honestly. Yeah. Like, and like, that's where I'm like where this is stretching. I feel like God's like, yeah, but like, I'm going to, I'll be there. Like, it's like, you're not, you're like, you'll go with me yeah. all these places. Like, you're not going to go without mm-hmm. me. You're not going to feel stressed or discouraged. And I feel like in moments, um, for me and like th- for the listener, like if you're in like a worship set, a prayer set and it gets like, this is different. Like, I love how you're like, look for Jesus in that moment. And like AJ talked about last week, like in what Pastor Jordan says, like God is uh, present with our authentic self. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, if you're feeling joy, he's going to be there. If you're feeling like uncomfortable hmm. moments, like he's going to be there too.
1: Yeah. A, a quick story that reminds me of is I was, I was leading worship and, uh, it was one of those weeks. It was just a few musicians and it was just all going wrong, like totally out of time. People were playing wrong chords. I was leading from the piano, which I wasn't comfortable from. And, um, and it was just, it was just not going well. It, it, honestly, it felt like a train wreck. My head was down. I was just like looking down cause I was half focused on what I was playing on the piano. But also I like, honestly, I felt kind of like shameful about what I was bringing to the Lord. Wow. Um, I was like, ugh, this is like... Sorry, God. <laughs> this is this is like a, a spotted lamb, oh, you know? Whoa. You know, is, is what it felt like. Um, And I remember I heard the Lord so gently, oh, so gently whisper, look up. And um, I didn't. I like specific, I remember like I whispered. I was like, no, I don't want to. I actually felt like that much shame about it. I was like, I just want this to be over. just heard him whisper again. He said, look up. And I, I slowly lifted my head. And it was one of those times where it was like everybody in the room was either on their knees or hands up. I saw so many tears and I was just like, what is going on? Like, it wasn't even like an emotional moment. The song, it was like in a verse of a song that we'd only ever sung once. People didn't really know it. And it was just like, God was there. And he, he used that so much as a teaching moment for me that when like i felt like i didn't have anything to bring him i didn't have something good to offer him just like look at how much bigger he is than that and so yeah if you're feeling on the outside if you're feeling struggling like he's like Mm. he just loves to be around you like remember the glory is the manifest presence of jesus if the manifest presence of Jesus is in my my breath, is in me singing. If I can't praise him without him, then like if I've got this like idea of like, oh, i gotta I'm I'm trying really hard to praise so then I can worship and then I'll be able to stand in the glory. Um that's just I guess one might where I might divert a little bit. Now I would just say, like, hey, if the glory really is the manifest presence of Jesus. Then his manifest presence then there's glory and praise then there's glory and worship there's glory in your uh as you came to church and that was your sacrifice of praise and that's all you were able to do was just get there and stand in the back of the room and sit with your head down but like you got there and he's there with you yeah like you're you're not missing out you don't need to be comparing yourself to the person falling out under the spirit in the front and if you do let the comparison be uh, like l- instead of leading to insecurity, let the comparison lead to hunger. Yeah. Huh. Let it lead to rejoicing in what he's doing over somebody else, even though I'm not there right now. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're like, Oh, I'm not having that right now. But instead of feeling insecure, like I'm actually going to like, thank you Lord for what you're doing in that person. So, or like, let that create hunger in me. Like I want that too.
0: That's So good. Oh, wow, we're running out of time. I wish that we had a lot more time because this conversation is really helpful. I think it's encouraging for someone who is in the room and finding themselves maybe not connecting or um, not getting it, quote unquote. Um, yeah, so I just I thank you for the way that you, are, I think, are grounding this conversation in really relatable terms mm-hmm. and just speaking to the true mm-hmm. heart of what worship is about. Um,
2: I, I, yeah. Um, one thing that I don't know if we can touch on it in the time we have, but this idea of, I feel like it is kind of in the vein of what we're talking about, but this idea of like, now the glory has come into the room, like in a worship set, like there's like this moment that we've kind of been saying from the stage that I'm not even sure what to do with exactly. Like, is there, is there any thoughts that you have on those kinds of moments? Like, if, I mean, if the glory's in our breath and our sacrifice, <laughs> like, it's like, what is, how, how does infinite glory become increased in a room? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a great question. And to
1: be honest with you, I, I don't have a really great answer for this. Um, I, I wrote down a couple notes coming into this and one of them I wrote, I'll just, uh, I said the tension that I'm in right now, even in this conversation that's happening, around this book and around our church right now and some of the language that I'm hearing. And then also just what I'm sharing here today, as far as like my thoughts and I feel like revelation that I've gotten about this is the tension I'm in is, um, I don't know if I don't know where to hold this tension of, I do recognize that sometimes, um, in something that is not earned, but something that is freely given, there is, some kind of manifestation of the presence of Jesus that feels more tangible, more accessible, more, uh, engageable, I guess, um, sometimes. And I don't know why. I don't know if that's on our end of like, Lord, we've emptied ourselves and we're just here. I think that I, yeah, there's so much more to talk about. I wish we did have a long <laughs> time. But there's something about like coming in unity as a church, yeah, as a group absolutely. of people. There's something about coming in humility as a group of people that I think position ourselves to access this kind of. Um, I, I I hesitate to use the term greater dispensation because sure. I don't want to attribute value necessarily. it's good, sure, but. Uh, just this something different something that feels often maybe that's a good thing something that feels deeper and further and like I said more yeah. engageable accessible all this stuff um and I don't know how to not equate more and less value to that versus the glory of if we're just using this example of me breathing yeah um of God's presence being in that um and I don't want to say that that has more value, but I also know that I've had some incredibly radical encounters in worship with heavenly things that have marked me and I remember those a lot more clearly than the hundreds of other times that I've worshipped. Yeah. Totally. And, and that didn't happen. Um and I guess as I was thinking about this today coming into it, the only way I'm thinking about it right now is those just like feel like a hug and a kiss.
2: <laughs>
1: and it's not like he loves me more when he's hugging me and kissing me, but it's just like a delight of my heart and a joy to be hugged and kissed. Yeah. And that's kind of what those moments feel like. Yeah. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that picture. Yeah. I feel like AJ kind of touched on that last week about like knowing that his wife is in the room, but also sometimes it's just like, like love, like for my love for my wife does not change if I'm not near her, you know? Or like in the same room as her or like hugging or kissing her. You know, it's like, sure. It's still this, like what feels in my heart, like this endless love. Yeah. And, but Mm. sometimes it's just more physical. Sure. Yeah. And tangible. And, And I'm like, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of what we're like trying to equate to like greater and lesser. I don't know. And and
1: I think that's part of just like, yeah, that culture that we're in and this whole like comparison, even at some level, this, this is something to dig into, but at some level where that represents our like performance mindset with God, I think, um, where it's almost like something to be achieved and to be earned. Um, or when it's not, I'm doing something wrong or like we're missing some, some point that we missed out on. Um, yeah, I just don't think point. that that's necessarily the right way to think about it. And I think there, I think there's, I think there's something, I think we'll revisit this mm-hmm. in a year, in five years. And we'll be like, Oh, thank you Lord for the revelation that we've had in this area and how it's helped us and our church that we're just learning and exploring yeah, right yeah. now. And we're not quite there yet. And that's okay.
2: Cause he's faithful. Yeah.
1: And he's going to give answers
2: okay. and give direction.
1: Yeah. Come on. That's it with all of this, man. It's like, <laughs> like we don't have to have it fully understood and figured out a hundred percent right now. It, even as you listener, as, as you come to church and engage with this, um, just that, that point about coming in unity of like, mm-hmm. Hey, us as the congregation, us as deacons or leaders or staff or board or whatever it is, if we can like really come with the intent and the heart of we're coming for the same thing for the same man, Uh, and we're on each other's team then this becomes a lot more manageable and I think has the potential to bypass a lot of space where confusion and struggle and pain and things can try to get in the way and interrupt the process. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like, Hey, we're on the journey to learn this, to figure this out together. And it's just like Jesus's delight to lead us in that in his perfect timing. So We'll get there when we get there. And I love where we're at right now.
0: Praise God. Put
2: that on a t-shirt.
0: I feel like if God wanted us to understand everything, he could and would reveal it to us too. So maybe there's something holy about the process.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And I guess that's maybe a good place to land the plane is just encouraging every person Myself and every person listening to this podcast that, like, in our own respective process, um, God is doing something holy, and let's enjoy the ride where we're at. Yeah, with so open good. hearts and love for His face.
2: Hmm. Good. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for breathing with us today. Of course. Man. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for inviting me. Yeah. It's a joy. I love like, to talk about this stuff. Yeah.
0: I feel like you broke some boxes. And they gave us some, some different kind of content to chew on that is feeling really pastoral and inclusive and encouraging. Awesome. Um, so anyway, I'm glad. Thank <laughs> you for all the time that you spent reading and putting in totally. notes together. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah. I just pray that it, it blesses everything that I said that I agree with and everything I said that I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> As I listen back later. Oh man, I just pray that yeah, it'll it'll bless and encourage and challenge and and help just whoever's listening, whatever journey, whatever process
2: you're on right now. So we love you, Jesus.
0: We love you, Jesus.
2: Amen. Good stuff. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. Um if you want to join us at uh, River House on Sundays. We meet at 4 p.m. at the Vineyard Boise in the beautiful Garden City, Idaho. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to also um, hear comments, questions, concerns, feedback, all those things. If you could uh, email us um, with any of that stuff at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. Please do. Anywho, I hope you have the best week. Bye. Bye.